Thank you, Jasmine. What a beautiful message and song. Amen, church family? Right on, right on. It's wonderful to hear our soloist and our worship team today. I've already been blessed myself, and I trust you, uh, you viewers, uh, are being blessed wherever you might be today. Blessings on you indeed. I also, I also think some of you are asking the question, who, who decorated the platform so nicely for our Christmas season? And the answer is Pastor Lisa and Pat Nash put together the beautiful decorations, which I'm sure many of you are enjoying today. And we're thankful to Pat and Pastor Lisa. Yeah, all right, that's it. Give them a hand. Well, I've called today's message, Sometimes. That's the title. Sometimes. And it comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. Would you please stand for the reading of God's Word? And this is a part of the Christmas story. Matthew 1.18 says, This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for this powerful and beautiful portion of your Holy Bible. Lord, I pray that you will communicate and you will speak some marvelous truths to all of us. Open our minds and hearts to whatever truth you want us to hear and to act upon, to be encouraged by and corrected by and directed by. Let it be so. Thank you for your Holy Word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. God bless you. Feel free to be seated. My friends, here is our first truth today. It is this. Sometimes what appears to be a dead end in your life might be God's doorway towards a new beginning. Think about that. Sometimes what appears to be a dead end in your life 
might be God's doorway towards a new beginning. And this truth comes out of the verses that we have just read. Joseph thought that he had come to a dead end in his relationship with Mary. No doubt he had looked forward to his wedding day, his wedding day with Mary. But now he discovered Mary was pregnant. What a shock! Joseph knew he had not been in the back seat of a camel with Mary. And so it would have been natural for Joseph to be very disturbed, very upset, hearing that his wife-to-be was pregnant. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us this, but I can imagine Joseph was also probably upset with his parents. With his parents because marriages in their day were arranged. That's right. The parents usually arranged the marriage years back. I wonder, I wonder if Joseph went up to his parents and said, Dad and Mom, why? Why didn't you find me a wife who could be faithful to me? He maybe said, Mary is already pregnant with another man's child. I had nothing to do with it. And I, I can't go through, I can't go through with this wedding, mother and father. I can't go through with, with, with this, this, this marriage. And, and, and I already put down, I already put down a big deposit in the banquet hall and it's non-refundable. I already hired our photographer and videographer, uh, put down a big deposit and that's, non-refundable as well. I, I, I hired a camel limousine and put down a deposit, and that's not refundable either. I spent hundreds of dollars on invitations and postage, and that's not refundable. Dad and Mom, why? Why didn't you match me up with a nice, sweet, innocent, virgin girl? Now, now, I will have no choice but to break the engagement. I wouldn't be surprised if Joseph had that kind of a discussion with his parents. Joseph felt he had come to a dead end in his relationship with Mary. What about you? Are you... Are you at a dead end? Are you maybe at a dead end in your marriage? Are you feeling like you are at a dead end, perhaps, with your children? Sometimes, sometimes with children, whether they are teenagers or grown-ups, you can feel like you have done everything you could for them. You, you have loved them, you've protected them, you spent money on them, you taught them right from wrong, and still they don't listen to you. They're doing their own thing, and, and you feel, you feel like you're come, you have come, or you're coming to a dead end. For others of you, 
Are you at a dead end in your search for a husband or wife? Are you at a dead end with your finances, your money? Are you, are you at a dead end with your health? Are you at a dead end with your job? Dead ends. Dead ends are the perfect place for new beginnings with God. Did you hear that? Dead ends are the perfect place for new beginnings with God. New beginnings often start when you find yourself at a dead end. My friend, what appears to be a dead end in your life might be God's doorway towards a new beginning. Hallelujah. Amen. Joseph thought he was at a dead end, but essentially God said to him, Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. God, speaking through the angel, led Joseph through God's doorway to a new beginning. A big new beginning. One that, one that has made history. And I'm sure Joseph could not fully understand all that the angel said to him, but, but it was enough for Joseph to go ahead with the wedding with Mary and have that new beginning. And this Christmas season, it is my wish, my hope, and my prayer that whatever, whatever dead end you might be facing that God would help you discover a doorway towards a new beginning. Amen? A doorway towards a new beginning. A new beginning, perhaps, in your marriage. A new beginning in your relationship with your children. A new beginning with your financial picture. A new beginning with your health. A new beginning with your job. A new beginning with some other issue that you've been struggling with for weeks or months or years. There's a second truth I want to share with you today about sometimes, and it is this. Secondly, sometimes the first thing which comes to your mind may not be what God wants you to do. Think about this with me now. This truth also comes from verses 19 through 21. Think about it. Sometimes the first thing which comes to your mind may not be what God wants you to do. In Joseph's case, after he discovered that Mary was pregnant, Verse 19 says, he decided to break the engagement quietly. He decided to break the engagement quietly. To better help us understand what was happening, we, we need to have a little bit of knowledge about how marriages were first carried out 
in that first century. If you have a, a life application study Bible, and you look at the commentator's study notes on Matthew 1.18, you would see that in the first century, Jewish marriage involved basically three steps. Three steps. First, the two families agreed to the union. Two families agreed. The parents agreed to, to the marriage several years earlier. Secondly, a public announcement was made. At this point, the couple was, quote, engaged. They were engaged. Now, in ancient times, they said a couple was betrothed or betrothed. Being engaged was, was kind of similar to engagement today, except that their engagement relationship could be broken only, only through death or divorce, even though sexual relations were not permitted. All right? Then the, the third step. The third step was the couple was finally married and began living together. Because Mary and Joseph were engaged, Mary's apparent unfaithfulness carried a very severe social stigma. That was, that was an absolute no-no. According to Jewish civil law, Joseph had a right to divorce her. And the Jewish authorities could even have had her stoned to death. According to Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 23 and 24. All right. That's a little explanation of, of how marriages were carried out in the first century. Now, verse 19 tells us Joseph... Her fiancé was a good man. Isn't that wonderful to read? He was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Well, we want to give credit, don't we? We want to give credit to Joseph for not wanting to bring Mary more pain than necessary. Right? We want to give him credit for that, of course. At the same time, at the same time, the fact is, the first thing which came to Joseph's mind to do was to what? To break off the engagement. Breaking off the engagement, however, was not what God wanted him to do. Which leads us to this very important truth that I've stated, that sometimes the first thing which comes to your mind in various situations may not be what God wants you or me to do. You ever thought about that? This applies to many areas of your life and yours and yours and, and you viewers and radio listeners. It applies to many areas of your life and mine. For instance, it applies to family matters. For those of you that are making notes, you might put A, family matters. All right? Sometimes you, as a, as a husband or wife, <clears throat> might get very angry with your spouse, and the first thing which comes to your mind is, well, 
you know, I'm just going to go and I'm going to get a divorce. Some of you have probably thought that, haven't you? Not Anthony, not Anthony, because I know how, I know how madly in love Anthony and Sonia are. But, but um, you know, others, others perhaps have thought this, you know, I'm going to go for a divorce. Now, usually that is not what God wants you to do. All right? Uh, sometimes you as a teenager might get very upset with your parents because they won't let you do whatever you feel like doing. Over the years, I've had teens say to me, oh, Pastor Nick, my parents won't let me do what I want to do, and it's terrible. And I'll ask, well, what won't they let you do? And they'll tell me, and I'll say, you know what? I wouldn't let you do that either. You know? And the first thing which maybe teen, maybe your uh, the first thing which maybe has come to your mind is to say, well, well, I'll just run away, live on my own, and, and not have all the rules and, and, and curfews to live by. Some of you have said that. I know you have. But usually, that is not what God wants you to do. Not what God wants you to do. Listen, young people who run away from home Young people who break off their relationships with their parents usually end up losing out. You end up losing out big time. You end up losing out on the love, the compassion, and the support of your parents. Young people, know this, know this. In most cases, except for God himself, except for God himself, no one will love you more than your mother and father. You got it? So true. Sometimes, occasionally when a son or daughter has deeply disappointed or, or deeply disrespected their parents, a, a parent's initial reaction might be to say, you know what? I'm just fed up. I'm fed up with this kid. I don't want to see. I don't want to hear from my son or my daughter ever again. I, I just want them to get lost. I don't want to see them again. Some of you have gone through that, haven't you? Yes, you have. That might be the first thing which comes to your mind, but it isn't. It isn't what God wants you to do. No. Some of you listening today have had a son or daughter break your heart. At first, you wanted to give up on them, but I commend you sincerely. I commend you for not giving up on them. It seemed like you were coming to a dead end in your relationship with your son or daughter. Seemed like you were coming to a dead end. However, persevere. Persevere and you will discover how what appeared to be a dead end will become God's doorway to a new beginning. A new beginning. A new day. A new week, a new month, a new year. 
this truth of the first thing which comes to your mind, not being what God wants you to do, also applies in the area of revenge-seeking. The few of you here in the sanctuary that are allowed to be here, now, I don't think any of you have ever wanted to revenge-seek, but I've been around long enough to know that some folks think about revenge-seeking. Those of you making notes, this is B, B, revenge-seeking. If someone does you some wrong at home, at work, at school, in your neighborhood, at church, the first thing which maybe has come to your mind is to say, well, I'll get that person back. I'll get even with them. I'll show them. I'll fix them. Yeah, I'll get back. I'll get even with them. <laughs> and then we come to Romans chapter 12, verse 17 to 19, and we read it, and it slaps us in the face. Because here's what Romans 12, 17, 18, and 19 says. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Then here's the, the kicker. Dear friends, never take revenge. Never take revenge. Wow. Wow. That's Romans 12, beginning at verse 17. My friends, sometimes the first thing which comes to your mind or mine may not be what God wants us to do in regards to health matters. This is point C for those making notes. Health matters. Years ago when I was having my annual doctor's physical examination, my doctor said this. He said, okay, Pastor Nick. Uh, he, he, he's been my doctor and our family doctor since the early 1980s, by the way. He said, okay, Pastor Nick, this year I want you to go and have a colonoscopy. I thought of how that would be a very embarrassing, embarrassing procedure where they go and look inside of you. The first thing I said to him was, Doctor, I don't have any internal problems. There's been no sign, no indication that I've got anything wrong going inside of me. There, there, there's no need. I said, there's no need for a colonoscopy. I said, I, I don't want to waste government health care money on a procedure I don't need. We have to watch it. To my surprise, he argued with me. Like a lot of you, you know, you argue with me about whatever. My doctor argued with me and, and, and said, Pastor Nick, you are going to book yourself for a colonoscopy and I want to see the results. That's what he said. For no other reason than to be respectful and cooperative with my family doctor, I booked the colonoscopy procedure, which I honestly thought was a waste of time, was totally unnecessary. As a result of that procedure, however, 
It was discovered that I had a cancerous growth inside of me the size of a woman's fist. I had to have a major operation. I was in the hospital for a week to remove the cancerous growth. And fortunately, the following tests, the follow-up tests showed that it had not, it had not yet spread. If, if it spreads, usually the person lives only another six to maybe 12 months. Basically, the colonoscopy saved my life. Without me knowing it, without me knowing it, I believe God led my doctor to, to put me on a path to find and remove the cancer before it was too late. Because of that surgery, I've had the privilege of seeing our two children get married. I've had the privilege of seeing our four little grandchildren be born. I've had the privilege of pastoring our church more years with full health and strength. I've had a chance to, to see more people come to faith and trust in Jesus and to grow spiritually across these years. I've had the opportunity of dedicating to the Lord a lot more of your precious little babies. I've had the privilege of officiating or seeing more weddings, including Pastor Lisa and Porrick getting married very recently. And I could go on and on here. My friends, but by the way, if you are over 50 years old, please ask your doctor to book you for a colonoscopy. If there has been any family history of colon cancer, ask your doctor, even if you are only in your 40s, to book you for a colonoscopy. You say, really, Pastor Nick? Really? In the next year, some of you are going to phone me and to say, Pastor Nick, what you told us in that message in the month of December 2020 saved my life. Some of you are going to phone me and tell me that. Back when my doctor told me to get a colonoscopy, the first thing which came to my mind was no way, no way. However, that was not what God wanted to hear from me, and I believe the Lord led my doctor to insist that I have that procedure done. In doing so, my cancer was removed before it spread. What am I saying? I'm saying, remember, sometimes, sometimes the first thing which comes to your mind may not be what God wants you to do. Amen? Right on. All right. Here, here is a third very important sometimes. All right? This is another very important sometimes. Here it is. Sometimes what God says to us might be hard to believe, but nevertheless, it is true. Think about it. Sometimes what God says to us 
maybe might be hard to believe, but nevertheless, it is true. Follow me on this. Look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. As he, Joseph, considered this, that is, breaking off the engagement, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was, the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. The child was conceived by the Holy Spirit. It would have been very hard. It would have been very hard for Joseph to believe that Mary's pregnancy was from the Holy Spirit. Would it not? Would it not? It would have been hard for you to believe. Now, personally, I would have had a hard time believing Mary if she had told me, or even if an angel had told me that she was pregnant. All right? I would have had a hard time believing, <laughs> believing that she was pregnant not by some other man, but by the Holy Spirit, I would have thought, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, really, Mary, really? Did the angel give, did the angel give Joseph proof? No, no. Did God, did God write in the clouds, this baby was conceived by the Holy Spirit? No. Did they have a, a gender reveal party in which God proved to Joseph that some other man was not intimate with Mary? Huh? Was, was there a divinity reveal party? No, there wasn't. There wasn't. Joseph most likely had doubts, but he trusted God anyway. Isn't that so? Sometimes what God says to us might be hard to believe, but nevertheless, it was true. It was true. Here are a few truths which God says to us that might be hard to believe for some of you, but nevertheless, these examples are true, whether you like it or not, or whether you think they're, they're true or not. All right? For anyone making notes, Put down A. You might have a hard time believing God is with you. However, it is true. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, and I can quote other Bible passages as well. Joshua 1, 9 says this. It says, this is my command. The Lord is speaking. He says, this is my command. Be strong and courageous do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Isn't that beautiful? That's the New Living Translation. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Point B. 
you might have a hard time believing that God hears us. Right? You might have a hard time believing that God hears us. However, it is true. It is. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 says this. It says, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn, turn from their wicked ways, I, I, God, I will hear, I will hear, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. Amen? God says, I will hear you if you'll do what I just said. Point C. You might have a hard time believing God will bless you if you give your tithes and offerings. However, it is true. I've experienced it all my life since I was a teenager. I've seen it in the lives of other people. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. For us these days, that's the local place of worship. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test, says the Lord. By the way, is it possible that during this COVID-19 time, you, you and your family, is it possible that you have missed out on some of God's blessings because you have not faithfully given your tithes and offerings to your local place of worship? Hmm? Is it possible that because you have stayed away from your local church building out of COVID-19 concerns, is it possible that you haven't dropped off your tithes and offerings? You haven't mailed them in, or you haven't given them by, for instance, e-transfer? If you want to send your tithes and offerings, by the way, by e-transfer, you can send them to offerings at rosewoodchurch.ca. Offerings at rosewoodchurch.ca. In the Bible, Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 says, Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When, when did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me, says the Lord. That's what God says. Now, I don't think, I don't think most of you have deliberately cheated God. No, I don't. However, I do think some of you, some of you, actually a lot of you, 
being honest. Just haven't gotten around to giving. You just haven't gotten around to it. You are going to correct that starting today, aren't you? You're going to correct that. Amen? Be encouraged by Luke chapter 6, verse 38, which says, Give, and you will receive. <clears throat> Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. What God says. You might have a hard time believing God will bless you if you give your tithes and offerings. However, it is true. It is true, my friend. By the way, we have a lot of viewers and a lot of radio listeners who are a part of other churches. Please, give to your own local church first. All right? Give attention to your own local church. Okay, let's move on. Point D. Point D. You might have a hard time believing that God loves you. I've, I've found this across the years with some folks. However, it is true. It is true. God loves you so very, very, very much. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, and that includes you and 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 the hundreds of you listening and watching, watching on television or your computer or your phone or on the radio. 1 John 4.16 says, We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His love. 1 John 4.19 declares, We love because He first loved us. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. My wife and I have a, a six-year-old grandson named Yanni. He is in grade one and attends his local public school. On Friday, I was very pleased to learn that his teacher sent a note to his parents saying, Yanni asked, in his classroom, Yanni asked if he could sing Jesus Loves Me for his class. And he did it. He did it. He sang Jesus Loves Me for his class. When I saw my grandson yesterday, I said to him, I said, Yanni, was your class having a, a kind of talent show? Is, is, that, is that how you ended up singing Jesus Loves Me? He said, he said, oh no, Papa, no, no. I sang it, I sang it just to let the other children know that Jesus loves them. That's why he sang it. Of course, I commended him and rejoiced over the fact that our little six-year-old grandson had grasped 
had grasped himself how Jesus loves him and that he wanted to share with his classmates so that they too might know that Jesus loves them as well. And I'm praying that as he continues to grow, he'll continue to want to spread the good news of the love of Jesus. I hope you too have been grasped and gripped by the fact that Jesus loves you. Amen? Sometimes what God says to us might be hard to believe, but nevertheless it is true. Here is something else which might be hard for some people to believe. Here it is. It's a beautiful truth and point as well. E for those of you making notes. You might have a hard time trusting in Jesus as your Savior, but truly Jesus came to save us from our sins. That is true. Matthew chapter 1 verse 21 says, And she, Mary, will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And Acts 4.12 says, There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name except the name of Jesus. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Amen. Are you trusting? Are you trusting in Jesus as your Savior? The Bible says, God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Would you bow your head with me and pray this prayer if it truly expresses the desire of your heart? Would you pray this prayer after me, right where you are? Dear God, I'm deciding today to trust in Jesus as my Savior and Lord. Forgive me for my sins. I believe I can be forgiven because Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. Thank you for your forgiveness and for adopting me into your family. I dedicate my life to you and I thank you for the promise of heaven. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to write me, Pastor Nick. Look us up at rosewoodchurch.ca. I want you to write me so we can start you in some beautiful Bible studies that will help you to grow spiritually, and we can connect you to some other, other spiritual enrichment opportunities that we have available here at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene. Write me, would you? And as you grow spiritually, remember the three big truths that I've shared with you today. Number one, sometimes what appears to be a dead end in your life life might be God's doorway towards 
a new beginning. Number two, sometimes the first thing which comes to your mind may not be what God wants you to do. And number three, sometimes what God says to us might be hard to believe, but nevertheless, it is true. Amen and amen. It is our privilege now